Welcome to Tulsa Titans, highlighting our local business leaders who are making a difference. Today on the show, we have Keith Rash, sales manager from Covington Aircraft. Welcome today. Great. It's, it's uh, good to be with you. Thank you. Thanks, Keith. Well, why don't you start us off by telling us just a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I'm originally from Maryland, and uh, when I graduated high school, I, my, I had a love for aviation. I'll, um, ever since my dad took me on my first airplane ride, my dad was a pilot, and it was a Skyhawk. With, it was a yellow stripe down the side of the, the airplane, and it didn't have wheel pants on it. And those in aviation would know what wheel pants are, and you, so you could see the wheel spinning as it uh, left the ground. And I'll never forget how exciting it was. Uh, watching the wheel stop spinning as we were, you know, 500, 1500 feet in the air. And uh, man, ever since then, I've just been in love with airplanes and I absolutely love them. I, um, and so I went to, came out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, went to Spartan School of Aeronautics, uh, went to work for U.S. Air and was around a lot of airplanes, got to do a lot of flying, uh, not piloting, but flying, um, got to do, you know, we did a lot of test flights and a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff working for U.S. Air is, is a very exciting time for me in aviation. Um, and then I came, my father-in-law had a heart transplant. And so we moved back to Tulsa uh, in 1997. And um, we've been back here. I work for BizJet International. I worked on airplanes for a while. I have an AMP license, and which is an airframe and power plant license, which allows you to work on airplanes. And um, we, um, I moved into customer service and sales in about 1998, uh, the beginning or maybe the middle of 98. And I've been sold my toolbox the next day. And I've been in sales and customer service ever since. Um, working for a couple of different companies. And now I work for Covington Aircraft selling engines. So it's been, it's been a, a fun couple of years <laughs> it's, I bet it has I bet it has and things are really changing no matter what industry you're in things are changing constantly and one of the things that that actually seems to be a consistent with with everyone is uh, that we have less time we're, we're just doing more things um so as you kind of go grow and as your job changes and and things like that you may be consuming more uh, in certain areas or less in certain areas. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're focusing more of your time and energy on, and then maybe some things you, you're trying to spend less time and energy thinking about and spending uh, time on. Well, as far as direct, as far as aviation stuff and my job, what, what I do and don't do, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because lately, um, the past probably nine months, maybe a year, um, I, I haven't really had time to do cultivating or, or, you know, turning over rocks. I've been, we've been so busy that, um, we're taking care of the customers that are in house. And that's been unusual for a while. I mean, aviation right now is just exploding and, um, we're just swamped and we just came back from one of our major shows. Uh, it's called the National Business Aviation Association. Uh, conference or convention and it was in Orlando this year and it's uh, my 24th year to go to that show and um, everybody is talking about how aviation is just we're just swamped everybody is 
you know, people are talking about their paint schedules out till May, uh, uh, June, um, and uh, putting on winglets on airplane. They can't get anybody to do it because everybody's so busy. Um, and so it, it's not just, and we are swamped. I mean, Covington is very busy. Um, and um, it's, so it's not just engines, it's aviation in general. So um, for me, what I do and what I don't do, you know, there are times in aviation, especially in sales, when you're doing a lot of cultivating and, you know, again, uh, looking for work, making calls, making cold calls, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then there's this kind of time where you're, you're not doing that, but it's critical. You got to get back to that because we're busy now, but we want to be busy a year from now. And to be busy a year from now, you've got to be making those calls. And so it's, it's interesting, but, uh, but we're, we're pretty busy. Wow. Uh, no, you're totally right. I can tell you, I mean, it seems that my cycle has been and an all and may always uh, be this way, but, but what I do today or don't do today will affect me 30 days, 60 days, 90 days down the road, typically, oh, yeah. and yeah. definitely, you know, even further out than that. And you start to notice that really quickly. So it is a juggling game of trying to determine, okay, I have pressing matters that have to be handled right now. We are we are super busy, but how do I also manage this um, planting seeds and and looking for new prospects and reaching out a hand to find new individuals or really just uh, water some of the seeds that you'd been working on before you got so busy? So, well, with yeah, no, that's what that's what you got to do. Well, with that in mind, are there some things that you're having to cut out of your schedule to plan time to kind of work time into your schedule right now to do that cultivating? Um, not really. I mean, my day is is pretty regulated. Um, now, I don't get to the, it's the calls that I want to sometimes, so they just have to roll over. Um, so there's calls that I'm not making that I'd like to uh, because the day's over and it's like, what happened? Um, so as far as that goes, if you're talking about specifically when it comes to my my job, yeah, there's there's calls that I'm not making that I'd like to make. Um, uh, but other than that, I mean, it's it's just keeping track of the customers that are in house and um, making sure they know that what's going on with their engine. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're as busy as you are there must be some things that you're doing to make sure that you're staying successful every day. And a lot of times that's, that comes in habits, uh, in the form of habits, if you will, uh, could be daily habits or something that you do weekly, uh, every Friday, for instance, you do X, Y, or Z. What are some of the habits that you have that you feel really keep you on task and keep you successful in your role? My days are pretty much exactly the same when I get up, especially when I'm home. When I'm on the road, they get convoluted, and so it's it's not the same. But when I'm on the when I'm home, I get up every morning. I usually go let the dog out. I go grab a cup of coffee, come in here. Uh, I spend time reading my Bible, have a little bit of prayer time, and then I start answering emails. I try to review emails from the day before, and then. You know, if I have emails that I need to send that day, I try to get those out of the way first thing in the morning because you can send any emails any time of day and because people are going to get them. They don't ever look at the time that you send it. So um, usually, uh, but I try to get my emails out of the way and then 
by eight o'clock or so, um, I'm making phone calls, talking to the shop, making sure engines are going, checking on the, the engines at the, the updates from yesterday. Um, so it's pretty regimented. I, I, yeah, it has to be. Uh, when I went from um, selling uh, in an office environment, which was in about 2003, I think, I moved, I, I quit the company that I was working for to go work for another company in Conroe, Texas. And I wasn't gonna move to Conroe, just worked out of my house. And so my boss at the time, he's like, man, he goes, you're not gonna make it. You're, you're, um, you're a people person, you need to be around people. Well, that kind of motivated me to not fail. And so I had to, at that time, say, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And I had to, I don't get up and go in my pajamas, you know, you don't, you know, keep your shorts on. You get, I got dressed you know, and went to work and you have to do that. For me, I had to do that. And I, other people may not have to, but um, uh, I've been very blessed and very fortunate and we've been very successful at uh, doing that. Um, but it, it's, it's, and it's a habit, you know, it's, it's, it's same thing every day. And um, whether that's the reason I'm successful or not, I don't know. Uh, I contributed a lot to, you know, what the Lord's done for us, but um, I try to keep that the same way all the time. And so that's, that's what I do. Well, I love where you give that you give credit where credit is due, because I feel the same way. I'm, I basically uh, feel that, you know, I, I'm not really doing much of anything except for just kind of existing. It's whatever the Lord can do through me. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. gives me the power to get wealth. Everything that he does is a blessing or uh, everything that happens for me is a blessing from him. But with that same with that same token, it's like you said, you have to have a goal in mind and your goal is to be successful every day. And what that looks like for you is to get up, you know, on time, same way every day, get up and get dressed just like you would go into the office and have that eight to five or whatever your schedule might look like. And I am exactly the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of envy people that can just lay around in their sweats and work really hard, but that's just not me. I just can't. I can't do that. I, I, my desk has to be neat. My desk has to be, and I try and clean it off at the end of every day. And it just gets messy at the, the you know, throughout the day, stuff flying. And, um, but I, I try to, you know, it, it has to be for me. That's just me. You know, it has to be that. I agree. I, I'm the same way. Well, now you just mentioned a little bit ago about, you know, planting those seeds and, and those, being necessary for next year as you're looking into next year so that already tells me that you play the long game that you that that things don't just always turn really really quickly for you and some of those things are long-term relationships and and over time do you enjoy that is that something um that you find challenging is it something that you kind of dread knowing that oh, this is going to be a year-long relationship before I can ever turn the key here um, you know, it's funny. Um, I, this, again, I'm going to re reference our NBAA that we just had. It's what it's called, National Business Aviation Association. Um, it was, uh, when I first started going to that show, I had a, a boss named Mike Coate. And he would, he and I would walk around the show. He couldn't walk 10 steps without running into somebody that he knew. And I thought, man, one of these days, I want to be that way. I want to have the relationship with people that, you know, in aviation, have so many friends and, you know, that you can't walk, you know, down an aisle without stopping. And 
Um, it's been like that this year, especially because there were so many people that were there this year. It was because it's kind of a bounce back year for aviation in the big, actually anybody in big conventions. Um, and it was more people there than I've seen in a long time at the show. And, um, and it was like that for me. I, I, I'd go walk around and I'm in the booth a lot, probably 95% of the time, 90% of the time in the booth. But um, when I would walk around, man, I couldn't go hardly an aisle without you know, stopping and seeing somebody I know. And that was fun. You know, got to catch up on, you know, seeing a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. So the relationship part is hard at first. Um, it's, it's building that, getting that started. And it's, you know, it's tough. I mean, making cold calls is not tough. It's, I mean, it's tough and it's not always fun. Mm -hmm. But the benefits and, and the rewards of building those relationships is kind of like what happened in AA, catching up with old friends, people that I've worked with, people that were my customers in the past. Um, and so, um, yes, it's tough but it is rewarding so you have to you have to weigh that and think okay yeah i gotta start making these calls but what's it gonna mean in the end and every time you meet a customer you have to be thinking that every time you meet someone you have to think this is a long-term deal because i want it to be and you have to start off that way and, and build it that way um they don't always necessarily think that the customers isn't always thinking that they're thinking well i got another sales guy coming to talk to me but uh, in my mind, so you have to, you have to change that with them. And so you've got to build that relationship and some are a lot easier than others. You know, you have that kindred spirit with other people and, and you know it when you meet them and um, it's, it's not always the case. So it's, it's part of sales. It's part of being out there. It sure is. That's great advice. I love that. What maybe, what other advice do you have? Just in general, doesn't matter what industry a person's in. If you are a sales professional, what other advice do you have? Um, staying consistent, like what we talked about before, getting up and, and doing that and being consistent with that. That's something you have to do. Um, having that regimented daily uh, uh, pattern. Uh, to make sure that you're you're doing every day what you need to do, um, always following up with customers, always staying in touch with customers, people you haven't. Like for me, um, I I I contact in our the way our database is set up. I can make a phone call on my calendar, and then I just move that to the next three months, three months down the road. So you're always following up and making sure that you're not losing touch with the people that you know. Um, you know, it's just it's consistent consistent phone calls consistent contact uh that's a that's a big part and of what sales is um you know it's not always going to the parties going to the cocktail thing it's just building a relationship you know it's always it's it's building a relationship with with people so well that's 100 percent true there well now there are Salespeople can be different. We we can be just a little different. We can be quirky and, and interesting individuals, but there are some qualities that I you know find are in most salespeople. So when you're looking to bring someone on board to work with you on your team, what are some of the qualities that you would look for in that sales individual? 
Well, I have uh, interviewed people and not asked. This is a silly thing. This is a silly question. The silly. It, it, it seems silly, but it's important because um, we have had people that have we've hired and just assumed they knew how to use a computer, how to use Excel, yeah. how to use Word, how to build a quote, how to use a just the basics of 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 our you know our customer sales and support database you know and they didn't mm. and it, it we did more time training them on the basics of excel than we did training them how to sell our product wow. so that was very frustrating and so we did that once and i was like okay the first question we need to ask is have you ever used excel have you ever used the word? Have you ever built a quote, you know, your own quote? And so, you know, we, as silly as that sounds, we look for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to see how people interact with me in an in interview because they're selling themselves and how they sell themselves is how they're going to sell the company. Um, and so that's important. Um, you know, we, we look for um, the personality um, how they interact with others, where people come in the room, how they immediately react. So those things are important. And you, having an introvert for sales is not a good thing. Doesn't mean it, it can't be done. I consider myself an introvert, although no one else in the world thinks that I am. Um, I, I feel that I am. Um, but uh, you, you've got you've to put yourself out there. And, it, and that's what you have to do in an interview. You have to let them know what you can do sometimes. And uh, you can't, and again, I, th- I think when I have, when I sit down across from someone, I want to know, um, are they going to be able to, to talk, walk into an office with someone they have no clue who they are and sell the product. And so, and that's how they do it in an interview. So that's what I'm looking for. I love that. I think most salespeople are the people that you stand behind or stand near in the grocery line and they're talking to the other people that are around. Yeah. Like having a full on conversation. You're like, that person is probably a salesperson. <laughs> well, you know, we, you know, my one of my bosses in the past said, Keith, you need to keep your eye out when we're looking for people. And it didn't matter whether they were a waitress or a car dealer, you know, someone's a car sales guy, um, you know. And, and we were in Branson, Missouri one time at um, Lambert's, you know, the up there in Lambert's. Yes. And we had a waiter who was just amazing, amazingly personable, acted like he knew you the whole time. You know, he's always known who you are. Yeah. I gave him my card and I said, I said, you need to call us. I said, you know, we um, we're looking for, for some sales guys and I think you'd be great. That's an interview. And I, I don't know if I've read this somewhere, but it's every time you talk to someone, you're interviewing. You know, you're 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 putting yourself out there. And um, this guy, he had no idea who I was. He didn't know that we were looking for someone. I, now I never did get a hold of him, and but he, I think he would have been a great sales guy. Um, and um, uh, but that's how we we find people, you know. And you're right; it doesn't matter what industry you're in, what your career is at that, at that moment, um, you, you know a sales, yeah. sales person when you see them. You do. And you know, I think that is such a cool story. And even though you never heard from him, who knows what happened with that individual? I mean, they may have taken that as a, I never thought about that before. Yeah. That yeah. never occurred to me. That's something that I would be good at. 
And the yeah. stranger just told me, hey, I want you to give me a ring. I mean, that probably instilled so much confidence in them. I think that's incredible. I love it. <laughs> that is a cool story. Well, now I know we, you and I talked about this before. I know you're a big reader. So if you could only choose a couple of books um, to tell us about, because I know you have a lot, what would be your favorite top books to recommend? One of my first books that I read in sales was called Good to Great by um, Collins, I think is his last name. I can't remember. I, I, and I just looked at it, but I think his last name was Collins. Um, it's, I can see it from here. Um, Jim, Jim Collins. Yeah. So, um, and the, the reason I really think about that book is because um, one of the chapters in the book talked about putting the right people in the right place on the bus to make the bus go. And that applies to every organization. Um, I do, I, I, I'm the drama director at our church and um, you got to have the right people in the right spot it, 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 for drama. You can't have a, um, a, someone who thrives at moving props, running the lights and you can't, you need someone, someone who is technically brained probably shouldn't be moving props around, you know, they should be running, so running the sound. And it's the same thing with the industry. I mean, you can't have someone who can't communicate, who can't um, lead um, running a shop. You can't have um, someone who knows nothing about computers and Excel, you know, making quotes, you know. And so um, you got to have the right people in the right spot on the bus if you want your organization to go. And I, that just stood out to me in a huge way. Um, that, as far as business books, that one would go. And then I love reading history books. I love um, 1776 is probably one of my favorite books ever. Um, uh, Valley Forge would be the next one by Newt Gingrich and another person. Um, uh, David McCullough wrote 1776. Um, and I love, I have a book, um, it's called Truman. And it's a biography uh, by, uh, about uh, President Truman. And um, it's a great, great read. It's huge. It's a very thick book. But where he came from, the fact that he never expected to be the president, never wanted to be the president, um, it kind of rings true to me. I'm, I'm an aircraft mechanic. I never, never thought in a million years I'd be doing what I'm doing. And so I, that's probably why that book is, is pretty neat to me. Uh, but those are some of the books I like to read. So. Well, I'm going to have to check out at least two of those. <laughs> at least two. I, I do want to read Good to Great. That sounds like an amazing book. And I, I um, can attest that if you're in the wrong place, it's not just miserable for the organization, but it's miserable for the, for the individual living. In. Well, you know, it's, that, that's another good point. We, you know, when we talk about hiring someone, we need to make sure when you hire someone, whether, whether, no matter what, whether it's for sales or not, you can't have someone who, like me, this is a perfect example. When I, I went from working on being a lead on an airplane on, for U.S. Air, we had four airplanes a night, 20, 30 guys a night. I got to, you know, I, I assigned jobs. Uh, I mean, made, ran the airplanes in the morning, make sure they were out at the gate, ready to go for the passengers. And then I, when we moved to Oklahoma, I got a job with BizJet International, sitting on a stool, taking apart JT-15B engines. It's a jet engine. 
that was miserable for me. That was absolutely miserable for me. Um, I didn't do well because I didn't like it. And um, that's just not, was not my personality to sit. Other people thrive at that. They love it. They can't wait to go to work every day and take apart this engine. I couldn't do it. It was rough. And I lasted about six or eight months. And then I was able to move to where I was in a hangar working on airplanes again. But you can't have someone sitting in a, in a cubicle selling parts who can't handle sitting in a cubicle selling parts, who would much rather be interacting with people. Um, and you can't have someone who um, is a complete introvert, doesn't like to talk to people, outselling when they should be sitting in front of the computer in a cubicle selling parts. So that just goes right along with the good to great idea of putting the right people in the right spot on the bus because they are going to be miserable and they're not going to last long. No, no, no. Uh, been there, done that. Don't want to do that again. And lots of lessons yeah. to be learned, though. Yeah. Lots of lessons to be learned. Well, if if anyone wants to reach out to a semi introvert drama leader <laughs> how can they touch with you what's the best way to reach out to you the best way would be my email address which is keith r uh, at covingtonaircraft.com um uh, that would be a best that would be a way uh, and then if you wanted to call or text 918-809-3499 that's my phone number so that would be the best way to Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thanks again. This is Crystal Horton, account executive at New Wave Solutions. Keith Rash, sales manager with Covington Aircraft. Glad to have you on. Great. It was great to be with you, Crystal. Thank you.